0: If someone is doing like a task that, you know, you've maybe done previously and they're doing it at even 80%, 80% is good enough.
1: Welcome to the success club, the podcast where we delve into all things, business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade, multiple seven figure business owner and business coach along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Success Club. Today, I have got a very special guest for you. It is my wholesale and education manager, Ricky. Ricky is an absolute gun in my business. She is amazing. We actually spoke about the episode how she came on as a customer service rep initially, and she very quickly worked her way up to being the manager of the wholesale department because she just has so much knowledge and skills. She is the absolute organization queen. She's amazing with uh, Asana and she's also really good with stock control and inventory control. She's really helped a lot with the growth of my e-commerce wholesale business. And particularly in the last year, we've experienced such a crazy amount of growth. Our figures in the wholesale business have been doubling every year and it's Absolutely insane to see the growth and just see the continual progression of the business. And I know that Ricky has definitely been a very integral part of this. She is such a hard worker and she's such an amazing team member. So I really wanted to have her on the podcast just to share some of her insights with you guys as to how she does things. And I even mentioned that, you know, I've learned a lot from her about organization. She is so organized and structured and I like to think of myself as a fairly organized person but I have learned so much from her because she's just next level with it and I'm always impressed by the things that she does and the way that she is able to structure certain things in the business. So I know you guys are going to absolutely love this chat that we had. It was a really fun conversation and really nice to have her on. We also have been considering potentially starting a podcast for salons specifically and doing something along those lines where we could delve right into topics for salon owners or people in the beauty industry. I know this podcast is definitely a bit more of an online business podcast and kind of just marketing and business in general, but we have been dabbling with the idea of maybe doing one just for salons only. So, if that is something that you would be interested in or you're a salon owner, please let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram because I would love to know if that is something that you guys would like to hear more about with just the, the salon and the kind of salon and beauty industry type of content. So let me know. I know you guys are going to love this episode and I will jump right in. Today, I have Ricky here. She is the wholesale and education manager at. Hair Candy Australia which is my wholesale and e-commerce business. Um, I'm very excited to have you here today Ricky. I'm so excited to be a part of it so thank you for having me. Yeah it's great it's fun just to do a little behind the scenes behind the business at Hair Candy and sort of have a chat about what goes on in the business and you know how we kind of do things here and give everybody a little bit of an insight to what it's like to run an e-commerce wholesale type of business so yeah I'm, I'm keen to get into it it'll be good and i know ricky as well she listens to the podcast and she listens to lots of podcasts she's always telling me things that she's <laughs> learned in different podcasts so yeah definitely huge on the
0: podcast and i think it definitely has grown so much in the last few years and it gives you so many different things you're able to talk to people about so i feel like it almost helps me find common ground with people as well after listening to some of your and other people's podcasts.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's so true. I agree. I feel like I do all my learning on podcasts, basically. Yeah, Podcasts and audiobooks and books. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, We're going to chat about a couple of different things today. But first, I guess I just want to, you know, I just would love for you to let the audience know, like, what bit about your history, where you've kind of come from, And kind of how you got to where you are right now
0: yeah so I started off hairdressing obviously um, back when I was quite young so I started when I was 14 did like the old school four-year apprenticeship um, managed salons and day spas throughout like the end of my career and then I just felt as though I wanted a new challenge but still very passionate about the industry so I went and worked for a wholesale supplier um, I had about seven years there so yeah. building my knowledge of a lot of different brands and how um, the wholesale industry works which was absolutely incredible and then I had a little baby so I wanted um, to try something different and, and find something closer to home because I was traveling quite a bit for, from work and then that led me to hair candy and since being here obviously I've had meant like quite a few transitions in a small amount of time but I definitely feel now I'm the perfect fit for me and I'm so excited um for the opportunity
1: to grow the business beside you oh that's amazing yeah you have such a wealth of knowledge too from the the jobs that you've had previously just brought so much knowledge to the business which is amazing um and it's actually quite funny too when to give you guys some context when Ricky first started we were operating from a different location we had a really small room and it was I honestly don't even know how we did it. We had all of our stock there. It was like piling up. It was. Yeah, it was wild. (laughs) It was wild. It was so crazy. And it's so cool to see the growth. It's been just over a year now that you've been with the company and to see where it was then operating out of a small room upstairs in one of the hair candy salons to now having a warehouse and having a whole team and it's just grown so fast and I think it's so cool for you to come on at the point that you did just to see that transition from tiny little office to a huge warehouse yeah
0: definitely I think even just seeing like you know the different trades and stuff that have gone on here and like you know starting off with the warehouse and then like you know implementing the flooring and then the boardroom and all that kind of stuff I feel like that is a really nice feeling because it's kind of like you've grown with the company and you've seen it in that transition period so it's it's amazing
1: and the growth is is crazy it's it's so exciting it is it's it's very exciting it's very cool to see and it's yeah you've obviously been a really huge part of that which has been so good so yeah ricky also came in as well as a what was your first position here
0: um i think i was like Like just a customer, not just a, but a customer service representative because I helped out across the
1: the salon side as well. So, yeah, a few changes. Yeah, (laughs) she worked her way up really fast to (laughs) be the manager, which is great. But, um, yeah, she definitely had, um, yeah, started out and then obviously we could see right away that you had so much experience and so much to offer the business, which has been really great. I think a big thing that I know you've really helped with in our business is stock control. I think a lot of businesses who have an e-commerce business or they have a stock, you know, physical product, they are always going to kind of struggle with stock control because it is something that is challenging you don't always know what people are going to want you don't always know what items are going to be your best seller and it's especially in our business it seems to be seasonal it changes through the different seasons it changes because all of a sudden one of the products is trending on TikTok and then everybody's wanting to get that particular type of hair extension so I guess I'd love to know like what it is that you do or what are your sort of methods for being able to predict the stock and kind of you know make sure that we're ordering enough and all that kind of thing
0: yeah look this industry in particular is very tricky because of the trends that kind of come in seasonally as you said i think there's a mixture of things that i do and i do do stuff a little bit old school um so obviously technology these days there's all kind of applications and stuff you can use for forecasting But I still like getting in that warehouse and physically seeing the stock myself. I feel like it gives me a better understanding of what we're running out of so that I am like able to implement higher stock levels with my next order and stuff like that. I think the other thing is making sure when you are doing like stock averages that you are going like pulling that report over a year and then dividing it into like whether you want to do it bi-monthly or quarterly um that way you are kind of accounting for all of those peaks like and lower points of your sales seasons. So I think that is like one of the most important things because if you're just merely going off, like say your last month, but you're in one of your quieter quarters, then you're always gonna kind of struggle with that. So I think it's definitely a mix and I definitely by no means think that there's any perfect answer when it comes to stock control. I think especially I've noticed that being here lately with like, you know, so much growth. So it's like you think you're kind of just getting a hold on it and then, you know, you'll get a few new customers and then all of a sudden, you know, you're having to kind of rejig it. But I think staying on top of it, looking at it regularly, I don't think you can run average reports enough. So I think if you're in a business where you are, you know, seeing, you know, extreme growth redo those averages like you know every month if you're ordering monthly redo your averages every month to account for that really busy period that you're seeing and just be open to changing it like that's the other thing like again it's not one thing's not going to work for everyone and there's no perfect answer but you know don't kind of hide from it and just hope that it will all work out like kind of almost investigate where you can you know change things to you know fix things or you know why do we keep on running out of this? Pull a report and most of the time you'll see it's because we're running out of stock at every time we order it. So we definitely need to up that quantity that we're purchasing, but maybe not just by one or two, maybe it needs to be by, you know, like a handful or something like that. So I think just keeping an eye on it. Like I just think don't leave your stock control to kind of become a beast because it doesn't have to be. And know your stock, like know your stock, know it well. Also know your turnaround time with manufacturing. Like if you are getting products from another supplier or something like that, be mindful of the turnaround time because if you're waiting to completely run out of something to reorder but then you're having to wait, you know, even a matter of a few weeks, that means that you're going to be out of stock of it in your business for that few weeks. So just, yeah, keeping a, a really close eye on it and I, I do think you can't beat old school. Go in, look at the stock, see what you feel like you're running
1: out of consecutively and do reports across larger periods of time. Yep. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. That's so true. And I know like one of the things we do as well is we order each month based on what we've spent in the previous month. Just so that way we're not blindly kind of ordering like massive amounts and our stock levels aren't going like up and down. And, you know, you we try to keep it consistent so that we're not over ordering or under ordering. Um, which I think is another good thing that we do as well
0: yeah definitely setting a foundation
1: of some kind of purchasing budget is huge
0: Um, obviously as well depending on who you've got in that position that's going to like look after your stock and stuff like that you don't want it kind of being a guessing game of what they're spending because at the end of the day that could just result in you losing you know money or you know, Potentially, depending on what your stock control system is, ordering stuff that you may not need and then
1: having to sit on dead stock for an extended period of time. Yeah, definitely don't want that. Another thing as well, which I feel like I have been guilty of in the past, is like shiny object syndrome. So I will be, you know, looking at things online and I'm like, oh, I want to do this or I want to bring in this new product and back in the day I used to just kind of go on those impulses and just be like this is this will be a great product I'll just purchase this um, without really realizing I guess the implications of you know having too many random things or having too much stock or just the amount of money it would cost to invest in a new range or a new product and then having that sort of sit there on the shelf I guess what would be your recommendation for business owners who you know, have an e-commerce business and they've got a product range but they want to keep bringing in new things all the time? I think with bringing in new things you've you've got to
0: analyze it I suppose you've got to make sure that you've got the market for it so are people kind of reaching out to you like saying oh when are you going to be doing something like this or we would really love it if you were to do this so definitely kind of data from your current customers to know whether or not if you were to do a line extension that it's going to really you know kick off from the get-go Like, again, depending on minimum order quantities and stuff like that, you don't want to be sitting on thousands of dollars worth of stock if not even one of your customers has suggested they have a want or need for the product that you're thinking about introducing. Um, I think knowing your target market, so, like, obviously from our point of view from the wholesale side that could be completely different to what like the public side looks like for example so you're kind of dealing with two different markets so for us I think when we have conversations it's really important for us to to work out whether we think that it's either going to be one or the other or whether it's going to be suitable for both and then I think also making sure that you have the money there to invest but it not necessarily eating into your regular replenishment stock. Because at the end of the day, like you don't want to kind of be robbing from Peter to pay Paul. So like if you're going to invest money in a new line extension, but then it's going to eat in, you know, what you get to spend for that particular month on your regular everyday sales items, you know, is it really worth it? you know, you're not gonna know, but it's definitely an idea to get kind of ahead and have that extra money sitting there to be able to spend towards line extensions rather than utilising your current monthly, you know, spend budget. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I agree. I think you really have to weigh up, yeah, like you said, the wants and the needs of the customers by knowing your customers really well and then definitely relying on that feedback as opposed to just you as a business owner thinking oh this is a great idea because i want it everyone's going to want it you really do need that feedback from the customers to know if it's going to work or not Um, and like you said really budgeting before you go ahead and make those purchases because you don't want to be stuck with all this dead stock that you better then try to sell or put on sale and things like that so switching gears a little bit um we have an education portion to the business as well which I know you also manage it's definitely grown a lot especially in the past year with the amount of education students we have you know we teach people how to do hair extensions I guess what do you kind of see for like business owners who are maybe they have a skill that they would like to start teaching other people what do you kind of um, what would you suggest for them who would like to get into education
0: I think education in my mind is the way of the future to sales like i think probably more predominantly wholesale or b2b coming from our business i think education is huge because we're we're teaching um people how to apply hair extensions but i feel like you could kind of convert that into any business i mean the beauty as well about any kind of website like website builders that you use these days is they generally all have an application or a plugin or have it built in where you can add your own like online course options and videos and stuff like that so i think that it's just about working out again who your target market is work out what videos or what like kind of educational learning that they would most want to see and then I guess just start. Like I, I think that's the biggest thing I, I think I've heard you speak about it before where so many people get kind of stuck with like decision paralysis or it's like they've got all these great ideas but it's almost like a fear that gets in the way of them just like going full force, let's give it a go. I think the beautiful thing about online education options as well is like the risk is minimal in, in comparison to the potential, you know, that you're going to, of what you're going to get back from it kind of thing. So, and I think that that's a great gateway into potentially then moving forward to do some kind of hands-on, you know, education, depending on what your business is. But I feel like education is definitely the best way to convert sales. I think when you educate your customers, regardless of who they are, they're more, they're more inclined to purchase from you. And I think again, with that comes be be that business that is completely transparent with your customers, because you know it's one thing to educate people, but when you're educating people and you're being honest and open and transparent, like it's gonna do all the good for your business, and I do believe that it will convert to sales as well. So yeah, I think just like give it a go. Start on on an online um, platform if you're a little bit nervous to do face to face build that up see you know see what kind of feedback you
1: get from that and then potentially move into like a one-on-one or something like that yeah absolutely i agree and i think like there's two ways you can look at education like you can look at it as a way to add an income stream to the business because you're sharing your skills and you're educating other people but then if you have a product or you have something that you can sell to kind of back up that education it's A double whammy then because not only are you getting the extra income the sales from the education you're getting that follow-on where they're purchasing products from you as well so I think like looking at your business and looking for ways that you can kind of add that in not just as a way of educating but as a way of providing like ongoing support and things like that
0: yeah definitely I think offering like
1: you know free education
0: or even just like you know support with a little bit of education or however you want to do it to your top or regular customers is also a great way to keep that retention i think anything that's going to make them feel a little bit special and make them know more about the product that you're trying to get in their hands is just yeah again going to do the world of good yeah i agree
1: definitely in a fast-paced world time is everything and for busy business owners like you efficiency is key That's why I use Flowdesk, the ultimate email building platform designed to save you time and skyrocket your business success. With Flowdesk, creating stunning emails is a breeze. Say goodbye to complicated interfaces and coding. Flowdesk's user-friendly editor empowers you to design captivating emails in minutes. They also have amazing automations which help you to save time and money. If you've ever gotten an email from me, you would have seen the beautiful design as I use Flowdesk for all my emails. Flowdesk offers a vast collection of templates crafted to match your brand's unique style. If you are interested in trying Flowdesk on a free trial, you can go to shakirajade.com forward slash Flowdesk to find out more or use my code shakirajade at checkout to save 50% off your first year. Join myself and thousands of other entrepreneurs who use and trust Flowdesk. so switching gears again we want to talk a little bit about organization so you are the organization queen you are super organized um, and i've definitely learned a lot from you about how to be more organized and just even the way that you naturally just are very organized as a person i think that's a really amazing skill and not a lot of people actually have that skill to be able to kind of almost foresee the future and be able to plan things out in a systematic way to achieve the goals that That you've set and the objectives of the business and I think for business owners it's a really a skill that you have to work on if you don't naturally have that you really have to try to put things in place to become more organized and to just be able to lead your team in a way that's going to make their lives easier make everything really clear for them and I think that's something that you really excel at so I'd love to know just how are you so organized and what kind of tips do you have for people who may be struggling with that
0: I think I definitely naturally am a fairly organized person. I definitely agree with that. I think as well, my mindset about it is it kind of when you're a leader, it it's almost in my mind like a foundation for not only yourself but your team. So I feel like if you can kind of get ahead of the game and be a little bit more organized with the overall plan, I feel like your team is going to like, you know, Progress better, and also you're going to be able to give better direction. So, like, I've got like a a handful of things that I'll do every week, you know, sometimes daily just to make sure. I think Asana has been a huge help since we've been using Asana because obviously you've got so many tasks that everyone kind of dabbles in. So being able to put those tasks in Asana and break them down with subtasks and everyone kind of being able to see like what's going on across the business, but also what each person has on, um, I think has been a massive game changer for us in the wholesale side of your business. Um, I think the other thing that I do, and you know, it's kind of like, I feel like some people might feel like, Oh, is that a bit micromanaging? And like, I can definitely see that side of it, but what works really, Really well for the group of girls that I work with or that I lead currently is at the start of the week I'll send them all a to do list and it will be broken down into days and basically it will just be me translating it from Asana into an email and potentially adding anything that's like come over like come up over the weekend or that I've thought oh that's not in Asana but I I need the girls to work on this or like you know, if we're at the end of the month and we're really wanting to push to hit sales or anything like that, I might add in like, you know, call top customers or do X, Y, or Z. But I feel like what that does is it makes sure that we're all kind of working towards the same goal. So these are basically a list of priorities which is kind of the bit, like you know the bare minimum expectations of the week or the things that I want each person to focus on and then outside of that they would obviously have other things that come up but these are kind of to show them where my head's at so they you know they can be on that same page as me and then obviously because I'm doing like you know all three of them I kind of know that we're all working towards the same goal even if we're working on slightly different things so I always aim to get in a little bit earlier before the team as well and get myself set up for the day. On a Monday, I like to come in a little bit earlier to get those emails sent out. And then I feel like it just, it's just a really good foundation for the week. And then from there, obviously things come up. You know, here and there. So sometimes I might, even if I feel like, you know, towards the end of the week, the priority lists are a little small or whatever, I always say to the team, look, we know that something's going to happen throughout the week. That's going to change what your tasks might be on the Thursday or the Friday, but just, you know, work on them and then we'll have, you know, a catch up midweek. And if there's anything we need to add, we can add it in. So yeah, I think, yeah, Again, naturally, like I'm, I'm a pretty organized person, but I think definitely coming in before um, the team and making sure that I'm like good and ready to go on, on top of things so then I feel like I can be a better leader to them and really help them with what they've got on. Um, and then Asana. Yeah, Asana has just been, you know, it's just so good. It's so good to be able to split those larger roles up between multiple people and be able to kind of see it all there. I feel like some of the team members as well really enjoy... Being able to see how many tasks they've completed, you know, like a little bit of friendly competition. Like I did this many tasks, you know, so
1: there's that kind of fun side to it as well, I feel. Yeah, definitely. There's nothing like ticking off a task. It's such a good feeling just to see those tasks just slowly get ticked off. And I love looking at my sauna and just seeing it like clear when I've completed my task. It's such a good feeling. So I love that. And I'd love to know as well, like I know you struggle with delegation as does every business leader. It is really hard, especially when, you know, we both hold like we both have high standards and we hold ourselves to very high standards as well. And sometimes it can be really hard to allow others to help you and allow others to kind of take over certain parts of the business. And I, I know for a fact every business owner struggles with this same thing. Um, so how do you kind of delegate or how do you mentally let go, I guess, of certain things when you, you kind of feel like you want to do everything? Um, I think probably in the last six months
0: I've gotten way better at it. But I've, I definitely like really struggled and I still definitely have times where I struggle but now it's almost like a, a afterthought rather than a beforethought. so it will be like I'll delegate and then sometimes if it doesn't go exactly the way I planned or something I might think oh maybe I shouldn't have but then I just remind myself you're never going to be able to get you know your goals or Shakira's expectations of what she wants you to get done, done if I'm trying to do absolutely everything. So in my mind, I'm just like thinking to myself, when I go head on into a task, I'm thinking to myself, does this need to be me? Do I need to be the one investing the time in doing this? Or do I think if I was to give it to one of the team members and made it kind of their regular thing, they would eventually get the hang of it. No one's going to pick anything like up overnight. I still make mistakes myself and stuff like that. So I think just being, reminding yourself that everyone's human, that you can't do everything, especially when you're a leader. Like you've really got to, I suppose you've got to look at your time as being a little bit more precious and you've got to think, is this something that really needs my focus or would one of the team members, you know, be more than capable of doing it? Maybe not to that exact same degree straight off the bat, but will they eventually get there the more they do it? Probably. It's just about, I suppose, pushing yourself out of that comfort zone and, and like I said, just looking at a task and thinking, does this really need to be me? You know. And I think that's definitely um, like been the biggest game changer to me. One other thing was, again, I think you might have said it on your podcast or maybe in just a discussion we had where it was like, If someone is doing like a task that, you know, you've maybe done previously and they're doing it at even 80%, 80% is good enough. Like, you know, and when you said that, it it is, it's so powerful because you think we're all so different. No one is ever going to do anything that you do 100% the way you do it you know, you can give them, you can give them an operations manual, you can give them hands-on training, you can give them pictures, you can, you can do all of that, but no one's ever going to go into that task thinking about it the same way you would. So I just think that was a huge turning point for me. And I thought, oh my God, like that is so, that is so correct. Like an 80% is more than good enough because we're different people. And what I, you know, the way I go into thinking about a task will be completely different from the next person. And yeah, just, again delegating and letting the team members know that like if they don't enjoy it or if like they are struggling with it or anything like that there's always like an open door you can always come and tell me like and also starting it with I don't expect you to you know pick it up straight away if it is something that's a little bit more in depth definitely knowing that you know you're giving them that little bit of a grace period to
1: kind of catch up to you know the level that you would do it at yeah Yeah, absolutely. I love that rule of like if they can do 80% as well as you can, then it's definitely good. And it works both ways as well. Sometimes you will delegate out a task, and then the team member actually ends up doing it even better than what you could, or they come up with a different way of doing it that makes more sense you know so it's like interesting too when you do sort of start like releasing you know the the tasks and letting others have a go at things it's so interesting to see what they come back with as well and what they bring to make the systems better and make the whole process better overall too and all the different experiences you get from every person that comes into the business as well
0: yeah definitely because I've definitely had that where like I've like, overheard one of the girls doing something or something and I thought, she's killing that. And, like, it's almost like they feel good because they've got something to call their own and they're doing such a good job and it's given you back time to focus on those bigger picture things. So I definitely think, like, if you can really try and and delegate as much as possible and just have yourself focus on those bigger things as a leader you will definitely get to a point where you look back and you like are not only reaping the rewards but you like got a positive outlook on it and it's not like it was back when you were like oh I don't want to let it go kind of thing
1: yeah, I have yeah. to do everything myself yeah like that mentality yeah and I think too it's not something that really ever fully goes away even you know when you do start letting go of things you still always have that feeling of, you know, it's it's hard it's always a hard it's something you constantly have to work on it does get easier over time but it never fully goes away where you just feel you know like oh I can just sit back and everyone's fine you always kind of have that you know protection of what's what's yours kind of thing yeah and so that's I think that's just a normal part of running a business but it's definitely a question that I get asked a lot from you know businesses that I've spoken to and like people that I coach they wonder you know how do I let go and how do I kind of Delegate, I guess as well, you know, if you do delegate out some tasks to a team member and they're maybe not performing them as well, they're not performing them to a high enough standard. Like, how would you kind of handle that?
0: I think you just have to take a bigger look into it. Like you, I think you have to look at it and be like, is it just that this person's not the right person to do that specific task? And do I have another team member that I could potentially slide it over to, um that would kind of more be my backup option my first option would be to have an open conversation with the staff member about maybe being a bit clearer about my expectations because i know like one of the biggest things is You can can try and be the best communicator, but no one can live in your brain. So, like, you can have a conversation that you think is really clear to someone about your expectations about a task. And then when they're performing it, it's actually just they've perceived that conversation completely different. And I don't think there's any way to escape that. I think the only way to really, you know have a solution to that is then having another open conversation and and always coming from a place where you're like, you, you know, being open and not like going straight into being like, well, this isn't like good enough or anything like that. I think most of the time people aren't going to do something thinking that it's not going to be good enough or wanting to disappoint you. I think again, it comes back to that reminding yourself as a leader that everyone's human and that like no one is you know no one is doing that on purpose so potentially do they need further training in it um, was it just the expectation line was a little bit blurred and they weren't you know completely understanding what your expectations were or is it something that they don't enjoy and would be better suited towards another team member I think you're generally like my go-tos in those kinds of situations
1: yeah I think that's so good and I think like The way that we kind of handle things in the business now, too, is so different to like the old school way of like if someone wasn't doing something right where they were like, you know, reprimanded or something like that. And I know you and I have definitely had that in our careers previously, especially being in the hairdressing industry. We had some bosses and stuff that were kind of like, you know, you get in trouble for every little thing. And I just love that our style is not like that. Like you said, you know, if someone makes a mistake or someone's not great at a task, our first immediate thought isn't like, what's wrong with you or why can't you do this as well as I can do it or you know it's always like okay what can we do to make their life easier like what training can we give them maybe our expectations were off like we're always looking for positive solutions to the the problem instead of like immediately you know going in the opposite direction and i think i love that about our leadership style we both have that very similar style where we try to look proactively for solutions and we first of all we always look at what could we be doing to help the situation not immediately what is that team member it's it's not blaming them immediately
0: yeah i think definitely like i'm so big on you know self reflection and there's so many times where i think to myself you know was that something i could have done different or is that something i could have done better as a leader and i think that you know it does weigh heavy as a leader that that whole like you know kind of over analyzing it a little bit and thinking you know what could i have done better because you don't want anyone in your team to feel like it's their fault so you are that person that's there thinking you know well from from our angle what can we change you know you give us some feedback and let us know if you know there's something that we can do different to better assist you going forward but it's it's hard these days as well because it's a fine i do feel like there's a fine line i feel like you know we do have to have those open and honest communications about expectations you know and we do have to make it clear like kind of what we expect so then you know, we all kind of know where we stand and if it, if it does come to a point where someone's struggling or something like that, it, it does feel more open to have that conversation or, or that person might be more inclined to come to you before there is an issue and say, look, I'm just really not feeling this or, you know, I would, you know, like to chat to you about X, Y and Z or, you know, things like that. But I definitely feel you on always looking at it from a point as a leader where you're like, what could I have done better or what What can we do differently? And I think that's all you can do. Like, you know, there's so many times where in the, like, afterwards, I'm like, oh, you should have, like, you should have done this or, you know, are, are you asking too much? Are your expectations too high? So I think at the same time, leaders do have to be a little bit kinder to themselves and just, like, we're all, again, human and we're all trying our best. So it's just that whole... You know the trickiest part of a business is the people yes you know yeah but it's also one of the greatest parts I think building a team and being part of a team there's nothing you know more rewarding so yeah
1: absolutely I agree and I think like you said having that open communication is so important and the expectations like the expectations are everything like what are your expectations have you clearly communicated those to your team I think that is that's vital because that's where you can really have that miscommunication and things can sort of go wrong. So having that open dialogue, like you said, the girls can come to you at any point and, you know, and and same with you and I, you're obviously reporting directly to me so you can come to me and we just keep that communication open. And I think that that really helps resolve, you know, issues because we, we have that open communication. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So... I guess, just another question I had, I was curious to know, what how would you sort of describe working at Hair Candy and the, I guess, the company culture? Um, I love it. <laughs> well, you <laughs> like, have to say that. <laughs> yeah, like I
0: said earlier, I feel like I've um, found a position that's a really good fit for me and it, like, gives me everything I need. I'm close to home and all of that. So I absolutely love it here. I think the culture, like you said before, like, I feel like mine and your relationship is really, really good, really strong. So I feel like there's always that open communication and I feel like I know I can come to you about absolutely anything um, and we can kind of talk it out. So I feel like that from an employee point of view is absolutely incredible. And then I feel like as the team grows, the culture just gets kind of bigger. Like, I feel like, you know, there were so many days where it was like me and Chantel or me on my own kind of thing. So to now have like a few girls here on a regular basis, I just feel like the culture is just getting better and better. And I feel like, you know, as long as we keep on continuing to find like the right people to come on board, I feel like that will just continue to get better as we go on. But no, i
1: absolutely love it (laughs) that's good yeah I agree I think like having the right people is such a big thing I know even in like the the attraction book that talks a lot about like having the right people and the right seeds I think it's so important to like keep continue growing that team and just having like that good open communication in the culture and i think it's nice too like i've noticed you girls are doing things like a little sushi wednesday where you go have sushi together and like just doing like little things together like that i think is really nice so we just did like a little melbourne cup lunch yeah and we had some snacks and things i think those things really add to the team environment as well yeah
0: i think definitely like the little sushi day is it's I feel like we all almost go a little bit stir crazy being in the office like all day every day so I feel like that's just a nice way to get out and enjoy each other's company and I feel like you're more likely to talk about less professional stuff and more personal stuff when you're out to lunch together so I feel like it's a really nice way to you know chat to the girls about what's going on in their personal life or you know just talk stuff that's not business or work related which is kind of refreshing and you know change of scenery which is always good. And then I think, yeah, any kind of like little events that we have or stuff that we can do, even the content days that we've been um, doing lately where we film content, but we do it as a team and everyone is involved in it. I feel like that um, has been really positive for the culture as well. But I feel like Culture, again, it's just one of those things I don't think you, you can ever just set and forget. I feel like you've you've definitely um, got to keep on thinking of different ways to bring culture, especially as your team grows, you know. And I think the bigger the team gets, the harder harder it can be. So definitely relying on your, your people and your management team to help, you know, kind of trickle that culture down is super important. But I feel like, yeah, any little events or anything where it's, I guess, not necessarily work-related, but use a kind
1: of all enjoying each other's company is super positive for the culture. Yeah, I agree. And especially the content days, I never... Realized previously, like how much of a team building thing that would be, and it's the same in the hair candy salons. I know every Thursday morning the girls do like a team reel together and they're laughing and they're having so much fun. And it's the same here in the wholesale business, like when we get together and make content, it's actually yes, we're doing it for marketing purposes to market the brand, but we're having so much fun at the same time doing it. And I think I know a lot of business owners they worry about you know taking time out from work hours or from you know tasks and things like that to make content like is it going to be beneficial but obviously there's so many benefits from a marketing perspective just showing the team and showing everyone's faces and their personalities and everything like that and then on the other hand it really helps build the team culture and you know you get to spend time together and have fun and laugh and it's also amazing too for recruitment like we get so many people wanting to work for the company because they see those videos and they want to be a part of the energy and the fun that we have so there's there's honestly so many benefits to it i would definitely recommend implementing that
0: yeah definitely i think even as well like outside of the laughs it's always a really kind of good bonding thing because not a lot of people feeling like comfortable in front of the camera so I think as well like it is like it is a little bit deeper than like the laughs as well sometimes because you know it's about building those relationships where like you know when you first meet someone you're not going to be as inclined to be like oh we'll stand up more straight or like (laughs) fix your hair or something (laughs) like that so I feel like Like in the content days, even just getting to a point like with our relationships where like we do feel comfortable being like, no, like stand up a little bit straighter or whatever. Like I feel like that all adds to like our relationships and our bonding and stuff like that. And I feel like it also adds to getting a better result. Don't get me wrong. Like it's nicer when you're getting a little bit more direction, but I feel like, yeah, at the start, that's kind of stuff. Like even if you've known them for a little bit, it's still like, sometimes you're still like, Oh, do I say anything? Do I not? So I feel like it just builds on all of that kind of stuff as well. And, and the laughs, the laughs are the best. You know, My cheeks yeah. were so sore from yeah. laughing from the last content day. I was like, this is just, this is too much fun. Like, yeah. how is this work? This is too much fun. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, like you said, so many, so many great benefits from it. And I think the other thing is as well, like for the business owners that are maybe a little bit skeptical, lock one in and be there and see what you know be a part of it like if you're a little bit worried that maybe if you're not going to be there like is it going to be very productive or anything like that the only way that you're going to kind of get that peace of mind I think is if you're actually involved yourself so you know go in in for a day or it doesn't even have to be a full day like we do you know you might have a business that doesn't need that you know that extensive amount of content, but just go in for a couple of hours with the team, see how it goes. And then, you know, if you want to make them a regular thing, you can, or if you don't want to make them a regular thing, cause you don't think that they were super productive, like that choice is yours. But I think try it before kind of just like being like, no, I don't think it would work. Cause I think, like you said, definitely builds the relationships and
1: the team dynamic. And then also you get all the marketing benefits from it too. Yeah, absolutely. So many benefits all around. Yeah um well thank you so much for coming on today ricky i've loved chatting with you and thank you for offering so much information and advice to my audience and it's been amazing having you oh thank you so much for
0: having me and giving me the opportunity it's so nice doing something a little bit different and also just being able to share any any of my knowledge like you know i get so much enjoyment out of that so thanks for having me
1: my pleasure I hope you guys loved that episode and my chat with Ricky. She is absolutely amazing. I am so grateful to have her as a part of the team. I've really enjoyed working with her. She's been working for me for just over a year now, but she has come such a long way. She has brought so much to the business and been so instrumental in the growth. So I hope that you guys got some value out of the episode. And if you have any follow-up questions, you know, we're always open to doing more episodes. So definitely let me know if there's anything else you would love to know about the business or anything behind the scenes. And that is all from me. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll be back here next week with you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it also. If you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple podcasts. This helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.